Hello and welcome to The Grove Zone. You have tuned into the podcast of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. At Union Grove, we are learning, serving, giving, and connecting under the leadership of our senior pastor, Dr. David Anthony Clark, Sr. For more information on Union Grove, find us on the web at www. Dot the grovewr.org. And now, here's a word from the Lord. Philippians chapter 3, verses 5 through 14. Uh, we've been looking at Philippians this month as we celebrate our 134th anniversary, uh, all under the banner entitled Exceptional Church. Exceptional Church. And uh, we're going to look at this passage of scripture today, Philippians 3. 5 to 14. Uh, we're going to be in Philippians 4 this coming Wednesday, and that's going to wrap up the study of Philippians. If the Lord says the same and the crick doesn't rise, next month, October, uh, at least for uh, the latter part of the month, we're going to look at some uh, messages under the banner, uh, making, make the most of it. Make the most of it. How to make the most of a bad situation uh, that's for the latter part of October but for today Philippians chapter 3 verses 5 through 14 I'm going to read from the New Living Translation throughout this message we'll dissect the New Living Translation as well as uh, the King James Version here's what we find in Philippians 3 and 5 I was circumcised when I was eight days old I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, my dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on, I press on to reach the end, I press on to, what reach, to, to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Amen. Amen. I want to talk this morning from the thought, focus and keep it moving focus and keep it moving amen 
I've shared with you that as Paul has written this letter to the Philippians, he was in prison. He's incarcerated simply for preaching the gospel. He's incarcerated where he's literally chained with one wrist chained to a Roman soldier and chained to perhaps a, a stake of some sorts uh, to prevent him from escaping. He's written this letter while he is incarcerated. Paul's incarceration, Paul's imprisonment can be likened unto this pandemic we're experiencing. Paul could not go outside of where he resided. Paul could not go to church in person. Paul could not attend any Bible study in person. Paul could not serve in person at any church. Paul could not fellowship with the saints while he was imprisoned. Whatever Paul received from anyone had to be delivered to him. Whatever Paul had to give to anyone or any congregation would have to be delivered by someone other than Paul. Paul could only entertain certain types of visitors. Paul didn't know how long he'd be quarantined, or rather, imprisoned. If Paul was going to keep growing in his walk with Christ, it was up to Paul. With all that's going on in Paul's life at the time he wrote this letter to the Philippians, he would have to ensure he would keep growing and become more like Jesus. Paul continued to press. He continued to grow. He continued to keep his maturation moving while he was imprisoned. His imprisonment didn't stop his progress. He continued to become more like Christ. My question, y'all, is which Christ? A Christ who would be for legislation to promote civil rights or violate them? Which Christ was Paul striving to emulate? With all of the, all these churches we have, there are so many different pictures or portraits of Christ. Which Christ is Paul trying to emulate? Is he trying to emulate a Jesus who would embrace those who proudly refer to themselves as gay Christians? Or would he condemn them? Which Christ was Paul striving to emulate? The Christ whose slave owners worship and called themselves biblically defending the practice of owning other human beings against their will or the slaves? Or would he be more like the, the Christ who was perhaps more like the slaves who preached Moses' a message to the oppressor Pharaoh, let my people go? Which Christ was Paul striving to emulate? The one who would tell you to sow seed toward any preacher having a fleet of private jets at tens of millions of dollars each? A Christ who would ordain same gender loving clergy in churches that bear his name or a Christ who would condemn such a thing. Which Christ is Paul striving to emulate? The Christ who would kick Martin Luther King Jr. out of the National Baptist Convention or the one who would endorse the Progressive Baptist Convention that was birthed as a result of King being kicked out of the National Baptist Convention. Which Christ? Whichever Christ Paul understood, he was determined to focus on becoming more like him. But how could Paul keep growing while he was in prison with no Bible, no fellowship, no corporate worship? How would Paul keep growing? One word, focus. Focus. 
Look at verse 13. Listen to what Paul says in verses 13 and 14 of our text today. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. I have not achieved perfection. But I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Paul stayed focused and Paul kept growing. If you can stay focused, you can keep growing. Focus can be difficult to achieve if we're honest. I was looking for some amens right there. I guess I'm by myself, Elder. I guess. Let me rewind this. I'm going to try it again. Focus can be difficult to achieve and maintain. Uh, your neighbor may have problems with staying focused. It could be due to ADHD, anxiety, depression, sleep deprivation, stress, multitasking where they're trying to do too much. Or it could simply be that they, they have distractions. Distractions. Real life stuff that's, that can become distractions. That if you let it, it will take your eyes off Christ. It'll take your mind off of what he's done for you and what he has in store for you. But if you can stay focused, you can keep growing. So how? How, how can we stay focused so we can keep growing and become more like Christ? Three things real quick we're going to raise up. Number one, focus on taking advantage of adversity. Focus on taking advantage of adversity. I'm in verses 10 and 11. Paul said, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Paul said he wanted to know Christ. He wanted, that word know means that he wanted experiential knowledge of Jesus. There is a knowledge that's deeper than that which comes from being taught in Bible study or Sunday school or from hearing a sermon. There is a knowledge that comes from your own personal, real life experiences with Jesus. Paul desired that type of knowledge and he wanted to suffer with him and experience Jesus' mighty power from his own walk with the Lord. He, Paul, is saying, Paul is saying that he would take his go through and make it his grow through. This would make adversity work for him rather than against him. And we see how people make adversity work against them. They lose hope. They give up on God. They conclude that following Jesus doesn't work in real life. They become mean and bitter or withdrawn or they feel sorry for themselves. They, they may stop coming to church, quit serving in ministry, or they may resort to getting high in order to cope with the, with the overwhelm or become so discouraged and depressed they commit suicide. Y'all know how y'all know how we talk about folks who make adversity work against them rather than work for them. We say things like, I don't know what's wrong with them. They haven't been the same since they lost their mama or their daddy or, or their brother or their sister or their or their husband or their wife or their child or their job. They haven't been the same since they started going to chemo or dialysis. I, I can't get them to talk to me. They they don't come around anymore. That's how we tend to talk about folks making adversity work at a disadvantage. 
Paul was focused on taking advantage of his adversity. He, he talked about suffering with Jesus and experiencing the mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. The mighty power that raised Jesus from the dead was available for Paul even in prison. This power was not to be merely known about so Paul could testify about it, but, but demonstrated through Paul's life. This power was available for Paul and therefore would prove advantageous for Paul. Anyone who knows this power experientially has an advantage during adversity. This power works in you to shape your character, for you in your situations, and through you as you serve others. Let me say that one more time. This power works in you to shape your character, for you in your situations, and through you to, as you serve others. It gives you strength and weakness. This power gives you joy and sorrow. This power is what we need to avoid temptations. This power gives us an advantage during adversity. This power gets us back up we've fallen down. This power opens doors no man can shut. It makes ways out of no way. This power raised Jesus from the grave and raises us from our graves. It can raise you up from an emotional grave, a financial grave, a marital grave, graves of confusion, graves of depression, graves of anxiety and panic. This power raised Jesus from the grave and it is within every believer. Greater is he who is in me than he that is in this crooked, perverse, dark world. And knowing this power was Paul's focus. It was something he thought about, something he meditated on. Experiencing this power was Paul's focus. Walking in this power in his life experiences, real life experiences, was Paul's focus. He took advantage of his adversity. And some of you may feel as though every time you turn around, you're experiencing adversity. Every time you turn around, you're experiencing some type of storm, some type of trial, some type of tribulation. You probably even testified recently that every time you turn around, you're going through or you're in a battle or the devil is attacking you. And some people would tell you, just stop turning around. I'm going to tell you to keep turning around, make your go through, your grow through, focus on taking advantage of your adversity. Every time you turn around, think about the power of God working in you, for you, and through you. Every time you turn around, look for God to manifest his power on your behalf. On your way to work, focus on his power. As you head into that meeting, focus on his power. On your way home from work, as you head into the house, focus on the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead, working in you, for you, and through you. Every time you open those bills, focus on the power of God. Actually, you, it wouldn't hurt if you would actually turn around sometime and prophesy as, how, as to how God is going to manifest his power on your behalf. I mean literally turn around. God, I'm looking for you to do it again. God, I'm looking for you to do it again. God, I'm looking for you to do it again. God, I'm looking for you to do it again. Turn Every time you turn around, look for God to do it again. And didn't Jesus take advantage of his own adversity? Didn't he take advantage and make the most of being born into poverty and being part of an oppressed people and persecuted by religious leaders and executed like a criminal? Hebrews tells us that he did. In Hebrews chapter 12, the latter part of verse 2, it says, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility 
hostility he endured from sinful people, then you won't become weary and give up. Jesus took advantage of it all by glorifying God through it all. He didn't feel sorry for himself. He didn't make excuses for living beneath his potential. In fact, he constantly worked miracles. He constantly fed the hungry. He constantly taught his disciples. And on top of all of that, he died for us and made, and made it possible for all of us to live. But I got a feeling some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of you have taken advantage of your adversities. That's how you've grown in Christ. You didn't grow to your current level of spiritual maturity through reading scripture alone. You had some struggles too. You didn't get to your current level of spiritual maturity through prayer alone. You had some problems too. Adversity helped you grow. Who am I talking to? Adversity helped you grow. Your setbacks helped you grow. Your troubles helped you grow. Your problems helped you grow. When you got sick and could not get well, that helped you grow. When your back was against the wall, but God made a way out of no way, that helped you grow. You had some adversity. You had some heartache. You had some heartbreak. You've been abandoned by people who vowed to always have your back. You've been betrayed by people you thought were your friends and that you thought would always be there. You've, you've come through you come through the mistakes you've made, the sins you committed that you never thought you'd commit. Struggle helped you grow in Christ. You had to fight devils until you could cast them out you had to grieve and wonder what was taking God so long to comfort you you had to let the Lord fight some battles that you really wanted to fight yourself struggle helped you grow in Christ but you learned that there are some advantages in your adversities because the Lord blew your mind when he did a work in you for you and through you can I get some help in here is there anybody who can testify, baby? I read my Bible, but that ain't all I did. I prayed, but that ain't all I did. I had to wait sometime. I had to cry sometime. I had to struggle sometime. But God changed my life. That divorce changed my life. That job loss changed my life. Taking advantage of our adversity must be our focus if we're going to emerge from our adversity more like Jesus so if you're going through right now focus on the mighty power that raised Jesus from the dead if you do you'll keep growing I encourage you to think about it the power that raised Jesus from the dead dwell on it in your mind the power that raised Jesus from the dead have conversations about that power instead of complaining about your predicament because if you can keep focus you can keep growing Here's the second thing I want to propose that we ought to focus on. Secondly, focus on the purpose of Christ's possession. Focus on the purpose of Christ's possession. Look at verse 12. Paul said, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection or maturity for which Christ, for which Christ Jesus first possessed me Paul said Christ Jesus possessed him in other words one day Christ seized him uh, got a hold of him took ownership of him took possession of him and Paul understood that Christ took possession of him for a purpose for a reason there was a purpose behind Christ's possession and it simply was to make Paul more like Christ. This was Paul's focus. 
to take possession of the purpose for which Christ took possession of him this purpose was so Paul this purpose was so Paul would resemble imitate become more and more like Christ the longer Paul lived and the longer he served the Lord with all the ups and downs triumphs and tragedies that Paul that, that Paul would mature in becoming more like Jesus although Paul could not attend church Bible study fellowship with the saints and etc he could still keep it moving toward fulfilling the purpose of Christ taking possession of him but he would need to be focused all of us who are born again all of us who are born again can testify that it happened because Christ took possession he took ownership of us we belong to Christ let me pause here to warn those of you who refuse to accept Jesus as Savior and Lord if Jesus has not taken possession of you the scriptures declare you are under the influence and control of Satan Ephesians 2 and 1 declares once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins you used to live in sin he's talking to saved folk you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world obeying the devil the commander of the powers in the unseen world he is a spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God Satan has influence over those who have yet to be possessed by Christ the truth is despite how some of us act all of us were under his influence all of us good church going Bible toting scripture quoting tongue talking Jesus followers were living under the control of Satan but Paul gives us good news in Ephesians 2 and 3 that third verse he says all of us used to live that way following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature by our very nature we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else but God made a way for us to have a new master verse 4 God who is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins he gave us life when he raised Christ Jesus from the dead it is only by God's grace God's gifting that you have been saved if you are saved you were saved for a purpose to become more like Jesus uh, brother brother Ray Shelton one of brothers in our church has a 1974 Corvette Stingray he has rebuilt the engine installed new seats put new tires on it put new brake calipers on it installed an air conditioner a compressor had it painted it took brother Shelton over 15 years to improve this car's performance and improve and enhance this car's appearance but the improvements you you can see it you you can hear it when you sit in the car you can you can feel the improvement Ray wanted the car to be better than it was when he bought it he, he wanted the car to be better than it was when he took possession of it let me tell you why Ray said Ray told me he said he, he loved working on the car and he was able to make it better oh, y'all missed it I had a feeling it would Ray, Ray worked on the car he, 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 he made the car better because he loved working on the car and, and he was able to work on the car Ray, Ray, Ray didn't mind he didn't just like working on the car he didn't tolerate work he loved working on the car to make it better he he was able the God we serve loves working on us and he is able to make us better but not just better 
make us more like him. Christ has possessed you to become more like him. Love like him. Show compassion like him. Forgive like him. Suffer like him. There's a purpose behind his possession. We are to be victorious like him. Cast out devils like him. Heal the sick like him. Check hypocrites like him. Walk in integrity like him. Walk on water like him. Glorify the Father like him. There's purpose behind Christ's possession. We are to feed the hungry like him. Clothe the naked like him. Visit the sick and imprisoned like him. There's purpose behind Christ's possession. We are to deny ourselves like him. Take up our crosses like him. Endure being misunderstood like him. And if we're crucified like him and buried like him, one day we'll rise like him. We'll get back up like him will rise with power like him so my encouragement to you is to focus on that fulfill that purpose you've been possessed for a purpose meditate on it you've been possessed for a purpose praise God for it tell God thank you for it you can't turn back you cannot return to the world you cannot give up there's purpose behind Christ's possession focus and fulfill it you're going through what you're going through so you can become more like Christ you may ask the Lord why you're going through so many trials and his response is I'm trying to make you more like me you may wonder why it hurts so bad and God will tell you I'm trying to make you more like me you may wonder but why is it lasting so long God is telling you I'm trying to make you more like me you may wonder why you had to endure so much pain in your life Jesus told me to tell you it is all to make you more like him so let him have his way I can imagine Paul sitting in prison reminding himself that being incarcerated again was to help him fulfill the purpose of Christ possessing him. I can imagine him saying to himself, this is to make me more like the Lord. I'm not there yet, but this will help me become more like Jesus. Paul was making it clear that he had not yet fulfilled that purpose. He had not yet fully attained becoming like Jesus, but he was making progress. He was pressing toward the mark. He was aggressively striving to become more like Christ, to fulfill the purpose of Christ's possession. How, how do we focus and keep it moving in our maturity in Christ? Focus is very important because if you can stay focused, you can keep growing. Focus on taking advantage of your adversity. Focus on the purpose of Christ's possession. Finally, focus on a vision of victory. Focus on a vision of victory look at verse 13 no dear brothers and sisters I have not achieved it but I focus on this one thing forgetting the past looking forward to what lies ahead I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us Paul shared he keeps maturing in his walk with Christ by focusing on one thing pressing maturing keeping it moving he does this by forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. He sees a heavenly prize for all of us in Christ Jesus. God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us toward him. Calling us toward him and the prize, the crown, the glory awaiting us. Crowns are for winners. Crowns are for the champions. Crowns are for the victorious. Paul envisions a crown waiting him in all of us in Christ. In other words, Paul has a vision for victory. When he talks about forgetting his past, he doesn't mean literally 
forgetting his past because he just told us some aspects of his past. What he shared about his past were things that he believed gave him favor with God. Look at verse 5 real quick. Paul lists these things about how he thought in the past, thinking that it gave him favor with God. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. Paul says in verse 7 that he thought these things were important. Look at verse 7. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. Paul said that those things no longer matter to him. They're part of his past and he will not allow them to dominate his thinking. Like runners in a race, Paul realizes looking back will slow him down and diminish the possibility of winning. And besides, y'all, Paul understands his circumcision at eight days old will not earn him a crown. Being a full-blooded citizen of Israel will not earn him a crown. Being born of the tribe of Benjamin will not earn him a crown. He will not earn a crown because he was a real Hebrew or a Pharisee. We will not earn a crown because we sang in a choir. We will not earn a crown because we were deacons in anybody's church. We will not earn a crown because we were preachers or pastors. He will be, we will be given a crown because of our faith in Jesus which has made us right with God. Look at verse 9. And become one with him, I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous or right with God through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. This faith provided Paul a focus that has changed his life for the better. It has changed how he sees his relationship with God. This faith has changed how Paul sees himself. He is not perfect, but he's making progress. He has not mastered living holy, but he is maturing in holiness. His faith is so radical, it has changed how Paul sees his future. Look at verse 13 again. Brethren, I count, my, count not myself to have apprehended, but there's one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul said he is focusing on one thing, winning. He keeps pressing because he is fixated on victory. If he can stay focused, he can keep pressing and growing and he will win. And it sounds as though Paul has made a decision to think more about his future than his past. I think somebody needs to hear that again. Paul has made a decision to think more about his future than his past. It sounds to me that Paul has decided what he would focus on here and that is victory. Decide today to run the race of maturity with a vision of victory. If you have Christ in your life, you are destined to win. You are destined to overcome. You are destined to prevail. Christ secured your victory on the cross and in his resurrection. Your past cannot stop you. Your haters cannot stop you. There is no devil in hell who can stop you. Stumbling into the traps he can set for you cannot stop you. 
the only person who can stop you from growing and pressing and winning is you you need to see yourself winning the prize of the high calling you need a vision of victory you refuse to go through life with no vision Helen Keller said the only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision focus on victory pray as if you see victory walk like you see victory talk like you see victory walk it like you talk it in your victory say it until you see it is anybody praying with me and I, I know I know I, I know you can see heaven I want to encourage you to see heaven see see a prize see a crown see victory and although you can still see the chains still see the problems although you can still see your current predicament you still got to see victory you can you can testify I can still see the situation I'm in but what keeps me going what keeps me from giving up what keeps my mind state on Jesus what keeps me growing is I have a vision of victory I'm going to close y'all we're simply encouraging you to focus focus on becoming more like Jesus focus and don't live distracted let nothing distract you focus and grow don't let your struggles distract you don't let your troubles distract you don't let your failures distract you focus and keep it moving some of us need to make up in our minds we need to get our minds right get your mind right Take advantage of your adversities. Get your mind right. You've been possessed for a purpose. Get your mind right. Live with a vision for your victory. Focus and keep it moving. I got a strange phone call last night. Looked in the ID. I normally don't take phone calls from numbers that I don't recognize. But I took this call. I answered the call. I said, hello. I said, Clark. I said, yes. This is Ray Shelton Stingray. I said, okay, I heard you talking about me in the morning. Said, yeah, yeah. I told Stingray, I heard about the condition you were in when Shelton got a hold of you. He said, Clark, you don't even want to know. When Shelton got a hold of me, I had trash inside me. I sat in the yard for years before Shelton was told he could come and pick me up. I, I had trash inside me. I, I had leaves inside me, Clark. Shelton even found some dead rats inside me. But Shelton took me home anyway. Rented a truck, told me from Tennessee to Florida. Took me anyway. I was raggedy, but he took me anyway. Full of trash, but he took possession of me anyway. Dead rats, dead stuff inside me, but, but he claimed me as his own anyway. Changed all the fluids, the filters, and the spark plugs, and Stingray told me he cranked right up. Said Ray Shelton was so happy. But as he drove me, Clark, as he as he drove me, Clark, as he, as he used me. Clark, I'd break down on him. I said, Stingray, no. He said, Clark, yes. I'd break down on him. I said, what did Shelton do? Shelton, Shelton would do what he had to do to get me fixed back up. Shelton. Clark, he kept on work. I'd break down again. He'd work on me. Clark, I'd break down on him again. He'd work on me. Clark, he kept me and he worked on me. I said, Stingray, no. He said, Clark, yes. He said, Shelton kept me and he worked on me. I said, but Stingray, how is it that, that Shelton could keep you and keep working on you and make you better? He said, listen, whenever he wanted, whatever he wanted to do with me, I didn't resist. Stingray.
anyway say I didn't even have a will to resist whatever Shelton wanted to do if Shelton wanted to put new tires on me I got new tires if he wanted to change my fluids my fluids got changed one thing that helped me Clark I couldn't resist what Shelton wanted to do on me to make me better if he wanted to change my spark plugs I got new spark plugs if he wanted to give me new seats I got new seats if he wanted to paint me and make me look brand new I got a new paint job Clark what helped me is that I couldn't resist I said oh stingray if only I could be like you if only I could get to that place where I stopped resisting what God wants to do in my life oh stingray we can learn a lot from a 1974 Corvette stingray is there anybody here who needs to confess that we need to stop resisting what God wants to do to make us better is there anybody here who's willing to confess I don't want to be the only one that I'd be so much further along if I'd stop resisting when God wants to put new seats in my heart when he wants to change the fluids in my life if only I'd stop resisting when God wants to make me better but I give God praise because one thing Stingray told me is that Shelton has brought me from a mighty long way I said Stingray you ain't the only one because when I talk about God when I think about his goodness and all that he's done for me my testimony is God has brought me from a mighty long way I may not be all that I ought to be but I'm not all that I used to be because God has I wish I had some help in here I said God has done a work in my life is there anybody here who's not there yet who, who can testify you ain't perfect yet but God kept on working on you God didn't throw you away God didn't sell you or get rid of you he kept you and fixed you up when you would break down he'd fix you again when you break down he'd fix you again and let me tell somebody here who realizes that you've become distracted that you've gotten off track with God the good news is that you can repent and be repaired you can repent and get back right with God if you confess your sins he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness ain't that good news ain't that good news so ain't that good news for somebody has anybody ever had to go there has anybody ever had to come before Christ and repent and admit I've gotten off track I've allowed my problems to distract me I've allowed my success to distract me I've allowed my new boo to distract me I've allowed my illness to distract me I've allowed all my problems to distract me but God I'm coming to you today admitting that I've been distracted that my greatest problem has been me but God if you'll take me and make me over God if you'll take me and make me brand new I'm here to tell you that God will he'll do it for you can I get a witness here I'm gonna go to my seat now y'all but I'm here to tell you he will keep on working on you he will keep on working on your mind he will keep on working on your heart he will won't he do it y'all I said won't he do it y'all won't he do it y'all I know he will because I tried him for myself he's done so much for me done so much to change me that's why now when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me my soul cries out hallelujah 
Lord, I thank you for changing me. That's why I can't stop clapping my hands. That's why I can't stop praising him. That's why I can't help but shout and dance sometimes. Because when I think about how he changed my life, and he hadn't thrown me away, he hasn't gotten rid of me. So I made up in my mind, I'm going to press on. I'm going to keep it moving. I'm going to get to a place where I stop resisting. I'm, I'm trying to get my resistance to diminish. Some of us, some of us may need to pray and fast. Hallelujah. To break down that resistance. Some of us, some of us may need, may need to spend more time in the word of God. To break down that resistance. Resisting the changes God wants to make. So we can press on and keep it moving and become more like Christ. This has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. We thank you for listening. If you're ever in the Middle Georgia area, please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, Thank you for listening.